welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood. On behalf of my furniture family at Klausner Home Furnishings, I'd like to welcome you to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. If you're in the business and you want to know the stories and people behind the latest news in home furnishings, you've come to the right place. Let's listen in and hear what Bill and his guests are talking about today. Uh, Welcome to On the Record. My guest this week is the renowned Jerry Epperson, partner at uh, Armstead Mann and and Epperson, uh, an industry pundit for many, many years, uh, an author and uh, just an all-around home furnishings expert. Jerry, welcome, and thank you for taking the time today to talk to us. Thank you, Bill. I'm honored at this opportunity, and uh, my relationship with Furniture Today goes back, actually, before the paper was founded. How, how good is that? Really? All right. Uh, I, I know I want to talk about Corona, but I'm, I'm curious. Just let's, tell me about that. How does, it go, how does your relationship predate the paper? Well, when Steve and Bill were putting the paper together, uh, they consulted with me, and for the first two or three years, the paper didn't have a business editor, so I was working full-time for Wheat First Securities, but in the evenings, I kind of did some writing for Furniture Today to help them just get rolling. See that? And we've we've dragged you in and, and held you captive ever since. And you still hadn't paid me. <laughs> you, you can take that up with Bill. I, I will. I will. Uh, I really am flattered at this opportunity, and I'm going to start off thinking about the coronavirus and what we're all facing with two personal experiences of my own. Uh, the first one 70 years ago in 1950, uh, and through 1954, there was a polio epidemic in Virginia. And in August of 1950, my mother took me to a clinic at Farmville Hospital, about 40 miles away from my hometown of Victoria, which did not have a doctor. Um, She got a letter in the mail the next week saying that a child who had been in the clinic had polio, and I'd been exposed. And a matter of a couple of weeks later, I started falling down regularly, and they took me up to the Medical College of Virginia Hospital for quarantine, and I was there for four months. Uh, I was so young at two and a half years that I really don't remember a lot, except I remember being in solitary a lot. I remember having uh, friends who were there one day and weren't the next. And unfortunately, we lost a lot of kids back then. There was a lot of fear, a lot of confusion. And it kind of reminds me of what we're looking at today, just not knowing what the future was. Uh, My mother had it, but it was a weak case, and she recovered. They wouldn't let my sister go back to school because she'd been around me. But uh, again, looking back on it, it turned out to be a great thing for me because it gave me an impetus to go to school. Then it just so happens that my partner, Jim Mann, and Mike Watson, who was with us for 17 years and now is is one of the top officers at the Lane Company, uh, 
we flew to LaGuardia Airport on the morning of September 11, 2001. And it was an interesting day. Uh, as we came out of the Midtown Tunnel, I got a cell phone call from my wife saying that a plane had hit the World Trade Center as we got to our first appointment, which was with uh, Citicorp Venture Capital. Uh, we got another call, and the second plane had hit. And we went up to Citicorp, and everybody was in confusion. Everybody was concerned because they knew people who had been in these towers. Uh, when we first got there, there had not been the collapse of the towers, and so we stayed there. This is a period where cell phone use became impossible. Uh, transportation around Manhattan was extremely difficult. Appointments were canceled. It was general confusion. Uh, all the airports were shut down. All the cabs left that evening to go home, and they couldn't get, come back on the island of Manhattan. The next day, we we, ended up, we got a hotel room. Uh, that was the good news. The bad news, all three of us had to share it. Oh. Uh, see, Jim and Mike had been planning on coming back to Richmond, and I planned on staying because I had a breakfast at the top of the world the next morning which, of course, didn't happen. We had a extremely difficult time, one, finding a way off the island, but we did. And then we got a rental car, thank heavens, luck was with us, and we drove back. And all the way back, we were just thinking about what this meant. And the unknowns that we were facing, uh, I remember the, the plume of smoke that followed us sort of down the coast of New Jersey. You could see it off the expressway. I remember every time we went over a major bridge, there was a Navy vessel uh, on the uh, ocean side of the bridge uh, ready to shoot down anything that came down from the bridge. A lot of concern, a lot of people very worried about the future, uh, but we ended up with a united population who all wanted to seek a recourse against the people that did this to us. We were just coming out of recession in September 2001, and this tipped us back into it for another four months. So that was there. I don't remember with polio if there was a recession back then, but statistically, I don't see it. Now let's talk about where we are today. Yes, please. We are in a recession. Make no mistake about it, a recession is defined as two quarters back-to-back -back declines in GDP. Goldman Sachs says there's not going to be any profit this year. Quarter two and quarter three appear to be set. I don't think there's anything we can do at this point to reverse things, and we need to recognize that enough business businesses are disrupted and enough globally has happened that there's no way we're going to avoid a recession, a recession in this period. The earliest I think that we're going to see a recovery is going to be in September. And hopefully by then we'll have this under enough control that our kids can go back to school and we can start getting our businesses back to some sort of equilibrium. That's really the, that's really the important thing. It's going to take longer for us to get back to some sort of normal uh, with the different businesses around the country, with the different schools, 
be, it's going to take longer to get back to normal than it has to shut it down. This recession and this recovery are going to be different because it's never started a recession with the economy being as strong as it is right now. Uh, we've had excellent, excellent results recently. But one of the keys, I think, is a lot of people get confused. They see the stock market and the collapse we've seen in the stock market and say, and, and say that's a parallel to the economy. They're really not. The stock market uh, has, has the average stock market decline, bear market, as we call it, it was down 16.9 months, and the decline was 39.8%. The worst decline among the last 10 uh, of the largest stock market declines was during the recession that started late in 07 and ended late in 08. Now, recessions. We've had recessions in 1970. That was uh, in 74 and 75. It was caused by the oil embargo. In 80, we had a recession. In 81, that looped over into 82, we had another recession, largely caused because of interest rates. We had a prime lending rate of over 20% from 1980 to 1982. We had a short recession early in 1990. And then we had the dot-com recession that started early in 01 and was being resolved just as we had the September 11 uh, attack. The next recession was the biggest one of all of these, and it started in 12 of 07 and ran until 12 of 08. Uh, that recession is the one most of us remember and was so severe. Interestingly enough, three recessions during this period started during election years, and that was uh, Truman, Kennedy, and Reagan, none of which we can really relate to these days. But six of these recessions started one year after the election. So there is some precedent here. But keep in mind that the stock market has predicted 11 of our last five recessions. The stock market has a mind of its own and sees things that often do not reflect in our economy. Okay, so you, you were being facetious there, just so people realize that your, your math has not gone backwards. When you say 11 of the last five recessions, you mean that stock markets are really not an accurate predictor in some cases of recession? Not at all, Bill. And what we're saying there is uh, during that period of time, the stock market dipped and people began to say, oh, no, it's a recession. Oh, no, it's a recession. And it wasn't. So what we're saying is the stock market overreacts quite often. I'm not saying that's true now. I'm just saying in the past, you have to recognize that the stock market is largely based upon perception, not reality. The other now, thing. No, no, I'm please. Sorry. No, please continue. Now, prior to March of this year, we had a record stock market with Dow a little over 29,000. Today, it's 21,400, off about 36%. We had a 50-year low in unemployment. We had a 20-year high uh, in terms of household incomes. 
We had record low interest rates, a 3% mortgage rate, extremely high consumer confidence, and we had crude oil at $55. Now we've got record unemployment applications. The expectation tomorrow is that we could have as high as 4 million unemployment applications, and the record prior to that was below a million. Uh, we've got these massive layoffs. We've got these business closings. We've got profit warnings from almost every public company because they're being impacted by one thing or the other. I don't think there's any doubt that we are going to have this recession. The oil, for example, right now is $24 a barrel. Prior to March, it was $55. The virus, more than 55, more than 50% of the cases are in New York State, California, and Washington State. And today, as of today, half of the 55,000 infections are in New York City. The average of people tested in the U.S. that had the virus are 8%. 28% in New York City or in New York State. The death rate is 4.4% global, 9.5% in Italy, that's where it's highest, and 1.2% in the U.S. So in that regard, we're truly blessed, truly blessed. Now, in the furniture and mattress industries, I'll take them together, we've got a number of our factories that are running full out. And absolutely, uh, orders are coming in, and they cannot do more business. They cannot make more product than they're making right now. There are others that are closed because of staff uh, regulations that have come through in their state, and others because of a lack of certain component parts. Remember, about 70% of all our fabrics now come from China. So that's still a, they're still catching up on that. China and Vietnam are reporting to us heavy cancellations, and they're quick to point out that the cancellations are global. Remember, uh, uh, China and Vietnam are both suppliers to our entire world for furniture. And so orders from the U.S. are a fraction of that, a big fraction, but the cancellations aren't necessarily just from us. Some of the U.S. furniture stores are doing very well. I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who called me uh, early last week to report that the, the that weekend, his Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, had tripled sales, and he was surprised. He didn't run any special sales or anything, but people are coming into stores. Uh, I think it's stronger in the rural markets. I think it's, it's stronger in smaller cities, and I think it's stronger in the southeast from all the people I'm talking to. Big names like Haverty, Williams-Sonoma, Pier 1, Jordans, and Macy's have all decided to close their stores on a temporary basis all going into April, and then all this will be reevaluated in early April. The home improvement stores are booming. They're open, and evidently a lot of Americans are looking at this opportunity while they're home to do 
some improvement within their homes. And I look at that as being extremely positive for us. Uh, consumers staying home can be good for all of us. I think you have to look at it and really plan, if you're running a retail store, what you're going to do. First of all, if you're going to be open, you got to let them know you're open. So many things are closed. So many people are, are just letting everyone know they're not open. If you're going to have your store open, make sure you communicate that. If you, if you can, I suggest you offer to go into people's homes. Uh, that's been a secret for Ethan Allen and Lazy Boy going into the people's homes and helping them evaluate what they need, what, they're, what, what they should have, and what you have available that can really create the home that they've always wanted to have. Think about Mattress Mac down in Houston with Gallery Furniture. He's still getting great credibility within his markets for when he opened up his stores during those absolutely horrible uh, Houston floods a few years ago. He was a hero. He got national recognition for that. Now, I'm not saying you get the people to come in and you feed them and house them, but there's an opportunity for your store to be a getaway. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Tricia again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. I remember back in the days of Alec Myers. Uh, Alec Myers had a store in Radford, Virginia, which is primarily famous for his college. And, but also in Radford, just outside of town, there was a, a army munitions factory, and they assembled different munitions. And every once in a while, there'd be an oops and then a big boom. And the factory was built with walls that would fall down and dissipate the blast. And so the factories would shut down for a month or two and then start producing again. Alec Myers had a program in place that whenever the Radford Arsenal uh, had one of these explosions, they sent postcards to their people and said, you don't have to pay your bills until you return to work. And that's true with a lot of communities where there are unions that call it, cause a strike or some sort of major layoff. Work with your consumers on these uh, payables. That can build up a lot of loyalty. Uh, I suggest that you reach out personally. Yes, you store owners. Yes, your salespeople. Call people. Email people. Ask them how they are. How they are. Ask them if there's anything you can do to help. We try so hard buying, spending big money on advertising. Well, this is a chance to personalize the contact. And people are home. We know they're not out in the movies. We know they're not. Uh, uh, out dining, they're at home, you've got a chance to contact them, and I think they'd appreciate the contact. Also, you need to step up and recognize the needs of local hospitals, nursing homes, uh, the first uh, responders. Do that because, again, that services the community and you get recognition. 
Now, I'm going to summarize with just some final thoughts. I think this is an opportunity for us, and we know that this will pass. My bet is things are going to begin to return to normal in September when the kids go back to school. But we really don't know until we get the treatments in place, and that is coming sooner. The president said today he thought that we could begin to return by Easter. I think that's pretty eager. Remember, you're not in control here. Uh, a lot of the industry leaders that I work with like to be in control, and you're not in control here. There's nothing you can do in the big picture. Don't get frustrated. Work within the scenario you have, and you're blessed with your good employees, your best employees. Work with them as well. You need to keep them because this won't last forever. You already have prepared yourself and your family for a rainy day. Well, it's here. So use this opportunity to uh, utilize your own financial base and what you've built up. Don't forget to keep your family and yourself safe. Don't do anything silly. Keep what's important important. Don't exaggerate. Talking about what's going on with your business and your community, don't exaggerate. The media does such a good job on that. Uh, and remember, uh, anything that happens in New York City or in California, because they are the base for our national media, automatically is more important than if it happens in Richmond, Virginia, or where you are. The April market has been delayed. Maybe it'll happen in June. Maybe it'll be the Las Vegas market in July, or maybe it'll be October. You need to plan accordingly to work with your best vendors and prepare for that. Uh, I hate to miss a market. To me, they're among the most fun things I do all year. It's like a big reunion. But markets are serious. We need them, and I hate to think we're going to miss one. But we can do without. It's going to make your, your reps work more with you. It's going to make you utilize a lot of the technology that's been built up and is available to you, and you now will be needing to use it in a way you maybe not have before. Find vendors that are very active in doing business. I can name you four right now that are trying to hire more employees because business is that good for them. Uh, Interestingly enough, one of them's primarily upholstery and one of them's primarily wood. I'm telling you, they are doing business. The relief package that hopefully is going to be passing as we speak, $2 trillion. Now, if you look at the way it's divided up, the consumer's going to get a check for, or most consumers, for about $1,200. Now, that's a, that's a one-time thing, although it can, they, there, there is some talk of doing it monthly. But that's one idea of getting the consumer sort of a little more confident, use that money to get something they need or to catch up. We think that money is going to be uh, really well received by the American consumer. Uh, if you talk about uh, applying for unemployment insurance, just for example, in Virginia it's income-based and the lowest you can get is $124 a month, and the most you can get is $336 a month. I'm sorry, I said a month. It's a week, 
four dollars a week or one hundred and thirty six dollars three hundred and thirty six dollars a week so you can see the range at which they will still have income even if they're unemployed huge package to help businesses to keep them going to keep them in the necessary uh, stage they need to be for when the recovery comes back there's a big package here to help your uh, your states and your localities do the necessary services to keep them running during all this and of course there's help for the first responders and the healthcare people I think it's a pretty thorough package uh, yeah there are a few things in there that have been added but overall I'm pleased with this and while I have not had a chance to read it at great length I like what I see I'm gonna wrap this up by saying one if you if you need to talk to me don't hesitate uh, write me at my email address, which is wwe at m a e l t d dot com. Now that stands for my real name. Jerry's a nickname. My real name is Wallace Wilkins Epperson. That's the WWE, and M A E L T D L T D is Man Armistead Epperson Limited. That's my company name. We're corporate advisors, we do M&A work, but really we're here to, to help you if there's any way we can. And we just released last night our March Furnishings Digest that's got a lot of really good statistics in it, and it's free to you if you'll just email me or email uh, research at maeltd.com. And we also put out a little uh 32-page retail report that we think is kind of funny. If you, need a, if you need a lift, ask for that, too. To me, right now, talking to you on a Wednesday afternoon, of all the trials I'm looking at, the one thing I'm enjoying is there's a, there is no political advertising. Think about that for a minute. No political advertising. That in itself is a joy because we're going to have a lot of it later on. Yeah, going to have to make up for the drought. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? I'm on the eighth floor of my condo in Richmond, Virginia, and I'm safe and sound. Uh, my wife is here with me, and my daughter, who lives across town, has forbidden me from leaving. So I'm here, and I'm safe. Please, all of you do the same. If we can help in any way, please let us know. We're blessed to have uh, people like Furniture Today. And, again, I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to talk to all of you. Jerry, I want to talk to you about your, your um, comment that you made earlier about how unusual it is to go into a recession given the state of the economy prior to this situation how does that play in your mind into the speed and vigor of the recovery? Bill, that's a great question. If you look, there are a number of indicators that historically have given us clues that a recession is coming. Uh, it can be layoffs. It can be a slowdown in housing sales. Uh, it can be rising interest rates. Nothing will trigger a recession faster than rising interest rates. It's done four of the last six 
recessions were because interest rates got so high that they hurt profits, they hurt corporate expansion. So we've got these different indicators. None of those were in existence this time. None. And we've had sound business. Most people have been pleased. Even the home furnishings business really had a pretty decent January and February. And the fourth quarter of 2019 is the best single quarter furniture and mattress industry has had since the uh, the recession ended in back, back in 2010. So business has been good. Nothing, nothing, nothing has said that we were going into a recession except a few talking experts uh, in, the, in the media on the business stations who get on there every once in a while and try to get themselves some publicity. There was nothing say, saying we'd have a recession this year. If anything, uh, it looked like this would be a record payoff year to many of our businesses who have not really enjoyed good business since that last recession. Now, when you look at the impact, you talked about home improvement. People are home. I, I know personally, as I sit here also working out of my home, um, I look around and I think, well, that could be replaced. That'd be nice if I had a new one of those. Um, I'm now working out of a home office, and I frankly wish I had a bigger desk. Um, <laughs> I bet I know some place where you can buy one. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I mean, do you think that there will be opportunities that people are going to have to rethink that we may come out of this and it'll create entirely new segments of business that we may not have seen before, that this may have an impact on both pent-up demand um, and on the kind of furnishings that people are going to be looking for as we start to you know work our way back into normality? And I'm not kidding when I say this, but if you look at past recessions and past major events, there tend to be a, 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 an increase in bursts nine months after the event. So they're always good for us. Uh, not only are the uh, parents buying things for the kids, but the grandparents always spend more money on the grandchildren than the parents do. So that's another big market that might come back strong for us later on in the year. I think we'll see a lot of refurbishing in people's homes. And I think, you know, once they start back at work, everybody's going to be so appreciative and also have a greater appreciation for home and what we can all do from our homes today that we couldn't have done 10 or 20 years from now or past 10 or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of you, you mentioned things that retailers are, are already doing. We've heard stories of, of people changing their pickup, right? So, so they develop kind of a contactless pickup. You pay online, you show up, they throw it right in the back of your car. Or, um, we, we've, we've heard that e-commerce for some retailers is really turning out to be uh, much a bit of a savior. I mean, this is one of those things where, I mean, pundits like myself and yourself, we, and we've all been talking about the importance and the growing nature of e-commerce. Do you think that this will accelerate that and encourage even traditional furniture stores to be more vigorous, more active, and more effective in that e-commerce space? Bill, I've really got sort of a contrarian, contrarian theory on that. Uh, furniture and home furnishings, because of their size, bulk, and uh, specifically in uh, fully set up furniture, their fragility, uh, have, have not been as impacted as many other products that are much more easy easy to ship, 
with without damage uh, and are more easily packaged to ship. Uh, I think that's still going to be the case for furniture. Uh, the things that are really gaining share right now are people who are buying groceries and those necessities that they normally would pick up at the store are going to be picking those up through that uh, through the internet or through uh, some sort of drive-through pickup, and that's what's really changing. I don't think we're going to have the internet pick up any more rapidly now than uh, than we would have. Uh, now, the exception to that, uh, if you've got the Home Depots and Lowe's out there selling big then that's not an end that's going to get, I think, a lot more done through the Internet. I do think that uh, this is going to be good for people that are selling decorative accessories and uh, small decorative textile items. But for furniture, full-size furniture, uh, it's going to be a real challenge to our brick-and-mortar retailers who have an Internet to let people know that that's available too and it allows them to do some shopping either from your home or if you choose to come into the store. Again, we've got to let people know that you're operating. You've got to let people know that you are open when your competitors are not. Okay. Jerry, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. It's, it's always good to hear your, your encouragement and uh, your advice. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Bill, I'm a big reader of your columns. I always enjoy them. And uh, I thank you for your big contributions to the business, too. Well, thank you for the, for the compliment. And uh, I'm Bill McLaughlin with Furniture Today. And this has been On the Record. We wish you all good health. And we wish you all strong and fast recovering business. Thank you. Thank you.